and welcome to Conversations on Karate. I'm Sue. I'm Greg. And uh, this one, Sue, we have a very special guest. Incredibly I'm, special. I still can't quite believe this. <laughs> I but, can't believe uh, it either. <laughs> we have uh, El Guapo himself, the legend, Mr. Baz Rutten. Welcome, Baz. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. My neighbours, my English neighbours. Yes. Eight hours time difference instead of the nine compared to Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, we, obviously we're a karate podcast, clues in the name. Um, so, you are you have a karate background, Bass, don't you? Yes, I have. Um, yeah. And you're also now heavily involved with karate combat as well. Yes. Um, but before we get into that, I thought we'd talk a little bit about your your kind of history. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's start at the beginning, shall we? You you, you started you turned pro in what ninety three around the same time as UFC one, right? Yeah, two months before it, September ninety three, September September twenty first, and I believe the UFC was October November twelfth. Hmm. And you fought mainly in, in was it Pancrase? Pancras. I fought pretty much everything in, in Japan. I would say 90% of my fights, I fought only three fights overseas. Yeah. America. Mm. I was watching yeah, Thai boxing. boxing. I did Thai boxing in Holland, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different beast back then, looking at some of the old, uh, the old yeah. fights from Japan. Was, yeah. there a reason, um, there, was there a reason you didn't go to the... Because you did end up in the UFC. Well, I started. And you obviously, like, became you know yeah. heavyweight champion and stuff. Yeah, no, I was. I started. Uh, the uh, how do I say? Pancras is just the first one connecting with me. Mm. You know, they, they asked me for a tryout, which I thought it was somewhere in July, to come to Amsterdam to have a tryout. Uh, and there was a new organization uh, in Japan, Pancras. They were explaining to me, and two scouts were there for Nike and Suzuki, and. I went over there and I got into a, a scuffle with uh, one of the champions from that gym, you know, so I knocked him out and uh, <laughs> tried to knock me out. Uh, and that was it, you know, a beautiful high kick. He needed a bunch of stitches in his head, in, in his crap, so in his uh, eyebrow. So, and they were pointing at me and that was it. So then I started fighting in, in practice. I didn't even know the UFC was on its way. Mm. You know? so I, I found out after the first UFC happened and I saw all the crazy footage with the teeth flying into the, into yeah. the audience. But you know, it's like I always tell people. You know, I'm, for me, everything is a sport. For me, when Ken Shamrock was on the first show where I fought in Japan, mm. it was the main event actually, uh, and he was telling me about the UFC that there was this thing with the cage. You got to walk in, the cage got to close. There's no referee, no nothing. And man, boss, you should do this. And I go, nah, I'm not interested. And he goes, why not? I said, there's no referee. Yeah, I said, no. If there's no referee, I don't want to do it. And what do you mean? I said, well, if I get knocked out, and if you have a crazy guy who just keeps hitting me while i'm already out i said that's asking for brain damage i, I would like mm. to have a pull him off i said if that's the case sign me up i would love to do it i'm not like all the other guys you know who who act like they want to die in the cage and i'm not me man i have a really nice life i like to live and uh, if there's a possibility that i die i'm not gonna do it so that was it and but then after the Second show, this is where big Joe McCarthy, the referee who was yeah. instrumental in the beginning for the UFC, he actually came up with the word MMA, mixed martial arts. When he put his foot down and he said, hey, listen, you're going to have to let me step in because otherwise somebody's going to die. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of it. And since he was so instrumental, they couldn't say no. And, and that was the moment that I said, okay, now I would like to compete in the UFC. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's Amazing. crazy actually. You, you kind of forget when you when you look back at the original UFC how crazy it actually was. I mean, it's crazy enough today, but back then it was madness, really. Well, you know what um, Ken Shamrock uh, was telling me uh, afterwards after he fought the first show, they thought that it was kind of like pro wrestling. Uh, like 80% of these fighters on that show on the first UFC, oh, they really? any moment now, somebody's going to walk in and they're going to ask him to lose or to win or whatever it was. That was yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. And then when Gerard Godot kicked the teeth out from the sumo guy and it flew yeah. into the audience, everybody was watching it backstage <laughs> and they go like, it's real. <laughs> okay, that's where the heart rate <laughs> went up, I guess, you know, at the adrenaline level. So, yeah. Crazy story. Mm, madness. You did make it to the UFC eventually, a few years later, and um, became heavyweight champion. Yeah, I beat a bunch of uh, Murray Smith, I beat Frank Shamrock, yeah. I beat Guy Metzger, I beat, you know, and, and Takahashi, all these guys were fighting in the UFC. Yeah. So they go, why don't you come to the UFC? So I had the matchmaker actually at the time, John Peretti. He came over to Japan, watched me fight. And then after the fight, he uh, asked me, said, hey, we're interested in having you. I said, well, that's okay. I still have three fights on my contract, though. Let me fight those. The good thing about Japan was I fought a lot. Like my first year, I think I fought eight fights. My next year, I fought nine fights. I mean, mm. so you are doing your own you high You don't schedule. see that these days, do you? You really don't. No. no. Because there's too many people also. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, and that was the great thing about Pankras. I, I fought a, a, a good amount of fights in a short amount of time. So there was only a couple of months. I said five months, my three fights were done. Yeah. So mm. then I moved to America in 97 and I went to the UC. Yeah. 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 You, that's, that's crazy. Nine fights in, in the space of a year. You just, you do not see that these days no. at all. Now you're special. If you do that, I go, oh, okay. We, I guess we were all special then. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was not only me, it was a whole bunch of guys. Who were doing no, this. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 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 You did a lot of work with Pride as well. Yeah, commentating. But, but yeah. Was, we had uh, Mark Kerr. Um, I met him in Brazil one time, and he was a great wrestler. He said, hey, I would love to come to train with you. I said, yeah, come over to the gym, you know, because that was just at the time when I moved to America. So at the Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu Club, that was the dojo. So he came over to train, and uh, I, uh, I started working with him, and he started getting this great career. And then in 2000, they were going to show the – the Pride Grand Prix, they were going to broadcast it to America by pay-per-view. And what happened was before the fight, um, you, you always watch the, there's a TV in the dressing room and you can watch the fights. And I'm sitting there with a few people from, from Pride, from the organization. And they go, oh shit, he's going to get him in an armbar. And they're looking at the TV and they go, what do you mean? This, he doesn't have an armbar. So I give it five seconds, you know, and then five seconds later, boom, there's an armbar. And they look at me and they go, how do you know? I go, well, you can see the setup. He's working on stuff. You can do, you, you can see what he's doing. And then it happened like two fights later with a knee bar. Uh, I said, who's going to roll him into a knee bar? And again, they said, There's, what do you mean? I say, just give it a little bit of time. And five seconds later, he rolls into a knee bar. So that's how I got my job. They said, hey, do, did you ever do commentating? I said, no. Do, would you like to try it? I said, sure. I was so green in commentating, and I tell this story all the time because people have no clue. I did not know that we had to bring a suit. I had no clue <laughs> that we had to go on air. Like, I thought it was just my voice. I never looked at, you know, fighting. Why, you know, I go fast forward to the opening. I, do, I just want to see the fights. So, uh, so I was standing there in my, in my shout flower shirt, like a Hawaiian shirt, and my flip-flops and shorts. Dude, they were 
they go like, where's your suit? I go, what suit? And they started laughing. They thought I was joking. I go, I'm, I'm not kidding. I said, I don't, nobody told me to bring a suit. And they were, thankfully, Michael Braverman, he was a great director at the time. You know, unfortunately, let him go a bunch of years later. But he said, don't worry about it. We'll fix something. So my commentating partner, he was in the event. He was doing the opening of the show. And then he would throw it back to me. And I'm in the dressing room. I'm getting fed grapes by like six or eight geishas. You know, they're just feeding me grapes. And I'm talking these war stories. Yeah, there I was, 12 guys surrounding me. Well, you know me. You know, I'd be, oh, hey, how are you doing? And then I would say, yeah, Steve, we had a great fight. And I would talk about a main event or co-main event. And I would send it back to him. And then he would open the show. And that became a freaking hit. People go like, oh, that was the best opening because nobody used to do that. Yeah. And now because of that, we had to do it every show. So that's why all these crazy openings from Pride Fighting Championships, it started because of an accident because I forgot my suit. But then people were gravitating towards it and now suddenly it became a thing. Now we had to do it every show. So yes, you see, so this is how the funny moments always get born by, yeah. by necessity. Yeah, I think looking back as well, you were, you must have been one of the first sort of MMA personalities. Do you know what I mean? Like nowadays, it's everyone has a character. Yeah. You know, whereas, whereas back then, it, it kind of wasn't like that so much. I think you may be one of the first kind of charismatic guys that people were really drawn to in that way. Yeah, I just have to... Uh, listen, I was, a, I was a very sick kid. I had a horrible skin disease and... Uh, so I was the leper in school. That's what they called me. <clears throat> Didn't have a lot of friends. So the only way to get attention is to be the class clown and to get yeah. in trouble. It's just one of the two, which I like both, you know. So I got a lot of trouble and I was the class clown. You know, a comedy was almost my way of handling bad things. And I think that just trans transitioned easy into later on in fighting. And believe it or not, because I'm still talking to this now in interviews, I hated doing interviews. I rather was fighting. I was more nervous for an interview than I will be for a fight. Really? I go, eh, let me fight. I don't want to do these interviews. So I tried to always stop it, stop it. Yeah. They said, no, you're going to have to do this. You have to promote the fight. I go, oh, okay, and I'll do it. But I never felt, I never liked it. But you know, once I shoot into it, mm. then, then, I, then I really enjoy doing it, you know? And once I heard mm. that people actually like me, because I, you know, if you grow up with, kids who are afraid of you you know and try to avoid you like the plague because they think you're contagious you know you start thinking oh, everybody else is like that but you know of course the eczema disappears and suddenly mm -hmm. you know but the crazy the craziness stayed and uh thankfully here in america they liked the craziness <laughs> and uh, around the world so it made, gave me a career so it was awesome yeah i think i think uh, america's more open to the crazy isn't it than than oh, yeah. uh, more conservative countries 100 <laughs> percent, yeah <laughs> yeah, in Holland, they would say, oh, look at him, he's, he's nuts. You, uh, but tone it down a little bit, boss, because you were crazy enough. In here in America, they said, but I start singing. When, when, uh, when I like, feel like I'm singing during the broadcast, I just start singing. This is nothing planned. I just do this. And I, I, but I hear the production always talking to each other. Go, dude, he's singing. So he's got to start. Then the other production guy goes, no, it's boss. Let him go. Don't worry about it. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> And it never comes at a good time. I understand that. But hey, if I feel like it, I do it. And thankfully, they allow me to do it. That's a good thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, suppose, you know, that's what you're doing. So it's, it's obviously great for them. It's, but it must be so weird hearing the production going, talking about you in the background. That must yeah. be weird. <laughs> yeah, they think I'm nuts. But, which I am, of course. But, you know, I can control it. I think we're Thank all you. a little bit nuts, to be fair. Exactly. <laughs> we have to, you know, yeah. because it makes you a little different. You know, otherwise you're the same, same. Nobody likes that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it gave you a uh, 
a, a decent TV and film career out of it. So, you know, yeah. to yeah. be fair, that is one of my earliest introductions to you, Bass, was from King of Queens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> before before I, I, I followed the MMA and anything like that, it was, was my house used to watch that program constantly and see you pop up here and there. Yeah. And then the other films and stuff. Yeah. How did you find that when you first first started doing acting? What was that like? Oh, same as my first fight. <clears throat> it was horrible. It was uh, <laughs> nerve-wracking. I mean, listen, I, I'm holding your appreciation. But for, listen, I, I have this for every profession. It's all very easy in front of a mirror to learn your lines. It's all easy to fight in the dojo and do mm. good. Doing it under pressure, whole different ballgame. Yeah. Mm. So it's like you cannot even compare it. Mm. I mean, some people freeze up. They will never overcome it, and that's it. And I was with acting as well. And I already took acting classes. But I was on stage, and once you get used to your class, well, then you're not nervous anymore because you can laugh it off, you can do things. But I remember my first, my first TV show, 18 Wheels of Justice. That was the name. It was the, the Coca-Cola light break guy. I knew you guys don't know that. There was a guy with the Coca-Cola light break. He would, uh, all these girls in, a, in an office would go, oh, Coca-Cola light break, Coca-Cola light break. And then oh, they yeah. would look at it. One guy and he would take his shirt off and he was ripped and he would drink a Coca-Cola light. And he, he, because of that commercial, he got his own TV show, 18 Wheels of Justice. And I was a bank robber. I was dressed up, had glasses, <laughs> had a wig. Um, and, and, and already it, it was the last shot of the day. It was, it was a nightmare. And it was going to be an open, it was in a holiday weekend. So it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, people will be off. Everybody wanted to go home. And I'm the last scene, no pressure. And I never acted in my life before. Three cameras in my face. I started sweating. The glasses start sliding off my nose from the sweat. <laughs> I start sweating with the wig. It starts itching everywhere. And the first, the first thing I asked was, what's my line? <laughs> I completely blanked. <laughs> and this went on, you know, and I messed it up and I messed it up and I messed it up. Now, like five times in, people want to go home. So I mess up a thing. And now the, the, the whole crew goes, you know, like that. And I lost it. I turned around and go, are you guys serious? You can't see me freaking sweating here. I'm dying. Calm the hell down because you're not helping me right now. And I, I started <laughs> making it funny. And then everybody started laughing. And then I took it. The next take was, was gold right away. <laughs> so it helped that I got let go. But I was so frustrated. I go, if this keeps going, guys, I'm sorry. I'm 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 a nervous regular. Calm down. Let me relax a little bit. But then, because the ice broke and everybody started laughing, yeah, you know, I was more relaxed and boom. But you know, that was the take. Finally, man, what a nightmare that was. But you know, this is how we all start, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it worked yeah. out. It worked, <laughs> it worked out, out. Yeah, you know, you make sure you're gonna have to work harder. Mm-hmm. That's it. Work harder. Sure. Practice more. Practice more. Do the thing under pressure over and over again. That's the thing, under pressure, like doing it in front of me, like I said, memorizing lines, easy stuff. Everybody could do that. Now do it. That's what I said to people with that when you're a, lo- a lawyer. You know, you have to defend somebody and for his life. And you have to make an opening statement. I guarantee you that lawyer, very freaking nervous the first two minutes because mm. it's defendant's life. Uh, depends on it, right? Defendant's life. Yeah. So, you know, there's uh, a lot of pressure people don't seem to. You know, I, I talk basketball. You know, final game, one point. If you if he hits the goal, you're going to win the game. It's the last second. It's all about one more, one more throw. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Now making that thing that you already made a million times, it's going to be much harder. 
Yeah. And that's where the real people rise, the real athletes or the real musicians. You know, it doesn't really matter what profession. It's all about that. Yeah. Mm. How did you how did you deal with pressure when you in in your fighting days? Or did you did you not really feel the pressure? You said you were, were never really nervous before fights. Did you did if you were, did you have any ways to deal with that? Yeah, I was uh just be honest to yourself. It's really not that dangerous. People look at you and they go, Oh, you're doing a crazy. That's not dangerous. You know what's crazy? Making a somersault three times on your motorcycle backwards and then fall. That goes on your dead. That that's what I think is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Climbing uh, without ropes and you know jumping from one leaping on mountains. I think that is crazy. You know, freaking uh, bat suits flying through the air, going. Up oh the, for me, fighting, you have a referee. If I get hit, I get knocked out. There's a guy who steps in and stops it. If yeah, I get in an armbar, yeah. I tap. I can also not tap, and, uh, and my arm get broke. That's my decision. So I won't tap. Same with the jokes, same with everything else. So it's really not that bad. People seem to make it bad because they don't understand it. But I, yeah. there's one opponent right in front of me. If I just keep my eyes open and I look at him, not a lot can really happen. And I know also that at the moment the bell goes, everything's gone with me. I'm completely in the zone. I, I'm, I'm so zoned. I can hear my corner, I hear his corner. I mean, I hear people have conversations in the first row. I mean, especially in Japan because it's super quiet there. Yeah. So that I don't know. It, that just always helped me to just be truthful to yourself. It's not that bad. It's not that dangerous. Mm, that's a good way of looking at it. That's a very good way of looking at it, I think. Mm. Speaking of Japan, was that weird fighting? Because they were really quiet. It's just the way the Japanese audiences are, I guess. They're so kind of intent on watching and they don't make a lot of noises. Is that strange? I can imagine it's very odd. <laughs> It made, me, it made my career, I think. It made me the fighter I wanted to be because when I was Thai boxing, I wasn't the fighter I wanted to be. Mm. When I was Thai boxing, I couldn't control myself like I did in the gym. I didn't have that yet. I knocked out a lot of people because I was just very freaking strong and explosive. But if I had to face a good guy, like a Peter Earth at the time, you know, five, I mean, three-time K1 champion, that mm. would be a problem for me because if I can put away the first round, I would run out of gas because I would give everything I had. I didn't have the control that I had in the dojo. We call that dojo fighters. There's a yes. lot of guys like that. They work oh, circles yeah. around fighters, yeah. like world champions, but they can't perform themselves under pressure. Mm. And I kind of had that, but since my athletic abilities, I still pulled it off, but it wasn't good. And then when I went to uh, Japan, I was afraid of that. Because that was a hot ad. You know, you hit me. Ooh, I was very technical until I got hit. And now I'm going to go full out. Yeah. But in a 30-minute fight, I found out on the day of the fight, it was one round of 30 minutes. And I also yeah. found out my opponent was like 28 Jesus. pounds heavier than I was. And there were no weight classes, you know. And that was a fun thing to find out on the day of the fight. So, <laughs> so I put these big R's on my hands with like a marker. And it stays rustic. It coincidentally, it starts with an R as well. Relax. That's what it means. So if I would get hit, you hear my corner say, stay calm, stay calm. It's the only thing they had to say. I never had a coach. I trained myself. I always had my manager in the corner. And the only thing he would say, stay calm, stay calm. It's only, the only thing I needed because I'm a hothead. So, and I think when, when I had that in my head that I couldn't go all out and suddenly the audience, oh man, so peaceful. Everybody's quiet. And they understand that you're the professional fighter and that they don't know it better because you're doing it as your job. You probably yeah. know it. You see me? And that, that somehow put me completely. I was so amazed my first fight. I would, while I'm fighting, I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, I mean, so in control. Everything went so smooth. Listening to everything. It was, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I love watching some of the old, the, the old like Pancras uh, Pride stuff in Japan. It's it's just a different, a completely different feel to the the modern MMA stuff, which we we still love. We talk about it all the time, but it's just it's a different beast altogether. Yep, yeah. a lot of fun, man. We have the what a relationship with the other fighters, the camaraderie. It's uh, it was a good time. Yeah, and, uh, very good time. Yeah, yeah. I learned a, a lot by watching it because I, you know, I, I watched some of it this week just to, to, to find out more about you and watching that was it, just such a different thing to see. <laughs> Open hand is striking to the face, not allowed to use a closed fist. Absolutely mind blowing to see, see all of that happening. And the, uh, ah, forgot what they're called. Submission, heel, heel hooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because you put so your shoes impressive. on. Those, those, those were Japanese rules. Mm. They were, they were tailor made for the Japanese fighter. Japanese fighters were really yes. good on the ground. Mm. Not so many great strikers. Mm. You know, hey, wait a minute, let's put them on shoes. Great with leg locks. You know, I mean, leg lock. Once you have a shoe on, it's going to be very hard to escape. Let's give them some shin pads so the kicks they don't go hard as well. Let's open hand strikes, which will also allow us to make much easier for chokes because I slide underneath. Ah. You see, it was kind of tailor made for the Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighter. I see that. Yeah. But then what also happened, what, what I really enjoyed was the rope escapes. Um, you know, if I'm in a choke and I'm close to the ropes and I'm able to touch the rope, they have to let go. And it's almost like a pro wrestling. Yeah, That's pro why wrestling, yeah. Some people re- thought in the beginning it was fake. But it's not, because if you look at me, for instance, I have 15 submission victories, but I pulled off 43 submissions in Pycros. You see, so if you... In some fights, I would submit him five times because if he's close to the rope, yeah. I submit him in subs, but then you restart again. Normally, yeah. the fight is over. Yeah. Now you start on your feet again. That's your second fight. And then it would happen again. It would be again. And sometimes I submitted somebody five times. That's you see crazy. The That's crazy. And yeah. then if it goes to a decision and one guy had an eight count and the other guy had to escape from uh, rope escapes, then the guy with the one eight count won. It's the same as a red card and an eight count. So I thought this was why the fighters in Pancras were so good. I mean, look, look how many UFC champions we had. There was mm-hmm. no other organization on the planet that produced so many UFC champions in the beginning as Pancras did. Mm-hmm. I think we had like eight or nine UFC champions. But we were a very small organization. But these, we were fighting nine times a year, like I said. And mm-hmm. we were like, sometimes one fight, you had four fights because you had to stand up again and start again. So yeah. there's more ring time. You get more relaxed. You get more into the groove you know I, I truly believe they should actually bring that back i'm really working on that seeing if i can do it i think it would be a great thing for people to introduce themselves because now they can fight don't do as much damage and by the way close fist to the body still works i mean i snapped the lucia's liver in half you know yeah. go to the hospital start being so you know and palm strikes what people didn't know i was used i used palm strikes when i was a bouncer yeah. because i saw my partners break their hands so i just stopped palm striking everybody so for me i was like hey i've been doing this already it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, that is really sensible. Yeah. There's nothing like it. You know, it's a good slap, good palm strike. Knock someone off their feet really, really easily. Mm-hmm. Don't need to break your hand on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I hit the bone. That. I hit the wrist. They always say, oh, you, you slap in the face. I said, no, I hit with this part behind mm-hmm. your ear. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. you go down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Freaking, it's harder than a left hook or a right hook. It's just a bizarre punch in the street. I would fight like that. I'm not going to break my hands. You know, so it's perfect. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, Absolutely. Um, your fight, your fighting style is. I don't, I'm not saying this. This. This might sound 
weird, but it's it's almost super basic to watch, but it's so effective. And that's what I love about it. We we literally were speaking about uh, Volkanovsky last week um, and how how basic his style looked, but how effective it is. Does that does that come from the the kind of karate background that you had? Because I guess you know a lot of karate is super straightforward, linear, straightforward blitz, and that's kind of what you did: heavy shots, nothing too fancy and showboaty. Yeah. Oh, I waste all that. Why, why, why being stupid? You know, it's yeah. like if something works, it works. You know, if I can shut you down, if I don't believe in throwing a jab, you give me a double jab, I eat those jabs and I return a bit across because the jab doesn't have any power on them. Yeah. Now, in my stance, if you stand more square, uh, like a Mike Tyson stance, like a Robert Decker stance, like a Chuck Liddell stance, there's a whole bunch of guys do it the same. That jab becomes a straight punch. Mm. Once it's a straight punch, you can't eat it. So it's very easy. Fighting is very simple, I always say. You hit somebody a few times in the head, guess what happens? Defense goes up. And then you attack the body because that's open. And it's the same the other way around. I hit yeah. the body really hard, defense goes down, boop, go back to the head. That's how you things up. Now, once you start bringing in submissions and takedowns, and now you have way more distractions and feints and all that stuff, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty basic. But basic stuff always works. So cool stuff, the spinning back kicks and all that stuff, it's cool when you knock somebody. You know, like he's, he has an eight count, he's dead. Yeah. I'll pull off the cool stuff. But before that, why would you want to take a risk? I always mm. And I like the counter. Like, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that I till this day, I hold the, the highest striking accuracy. Yeah. I've done all these guys right now. This, but that's because of the fighting style I had. Mm. Everybody could do it. They just have to simply fight like I did. Yeah. I like the counter. You give me a kick, I'll counter it. I want to shut you down. I want you to give me a punch. I counter that right away. I'll make you, I'll, I'll start to make you nervous to throw anything at me. Because whatever you throw, I want to counter, yeah. you know, and now they're going to be constantly on their toes and it makes people nervous. And if you do that with power shots, well, that's the, the secret. I don't understand. No more people are doing it. Volkanovsky, mm. I really like as well, by the way. What an animal that guy is. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, what a performance that was against Zombie. It was crazy. Yep. But that's what I loved about it is it was it was so straightforward and direct. And it was just just no bullshit in it it was just straight to the point and, it, and that's what i like about watching your fights is yeah it's just straight to the point that's it works yeah. you know we're gonna fight we're gonna fight they're gonna know all the other stuff if i would fight now again i would i would probably switch more stances i would you know like using more feints maybe i would do that yeah it, it, it's it's like a fight, right? If if it's ain't broke, why would you fix it? I, I still want fights with it. You know, oh, eventually you yeah. start figuring it out. That's when you start changing your game. But yeah. before that, you don't need to. I mean, yeah, you achieved a twenty-two fight win streak with it. I think you did all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells yeah. me you did fine. <laughs> let's um let's talk about karate combat. Oh yes, let's. Um, I love it. First off, I think it's great. What what drew you to it? What brought you on board for it? Phone call. You know, they just called me and they said, hey, we are starting a full protect karate organization. They would like you to be the ambassador of the organization. And I go, are you kidding? I mean, I would love to. Be. I've been waiting for something like that. There's yeah. nothing like it. No. Nobody did it. And then they explained me about the pit and all that stuff. They already had some fights done. And I think it was in Budapest. And they asked me if I could do the commentating. So close to my house here, there's a studio. They, they sent the, the files over there and I did the voiceover 
for that show. And I go, wow, this is actually a really good show, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to see the Olympic level karate guys go to there and, uh, and, and start fighting. And then to see the evolution, you know, yeah. in the beginning of all point karate, right. You, you see somebody, he hits them and then they stop when they yeah. connect. Yeah! Yeah. And then the other guy just kept going. <laughs> go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then that, that didn't happen the second time because now they were ready. You see, so everybody started, the evolution started. More kickboxing started adding and more boxing because now putting combinations together, not on a single punch. We have people in a high kick, they throw a high kick and then they stopped. Yeah, and then the other guy kept on going. Mm. It was hilarious. It's like Tyron Spong. Tyron Spong is a really good striker from Holland. K1 level, like freaking freak. And he fought mixed martial arts. And I remember he was fighting for the World Series of Fighting where I was the commentator. And he drops the guy, oof, and the guy goes down and he thinks he's getting an eight count. So he turns around, he walks to his corner, and then his corner goes, no, go back, go back, go back. You got to finish him. I go, oh, shit, yeah, it's MMA. He's <laughs> so used to that, doing that the yeah. entire life. <laughs> that yeah. He made a mistake in the fight as well. So, yeah, they had that same problem, a bunch of karate cars. But, boy, they, they learn fast. You know, yeah. suddenly they're being really good strikers. I love it. it. It's evolved. Just in the yep. few years that it's done it, it's it's changed so so brilliant now it's it's evolved really fast as you say the the fighters have changed the game has changed completely yeah they're using the walls you know now to their advantage they use them to 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 avoid anything they go to the to the to the wall to the corner and then mm. they just use the wall to run around them you know and everybody starts using we saw already kicks flying kicks coming off from the wall yeah so people really start using it i bet you a whole bunch of these guys also already bought uh built one in their dojo yeah it's so much a better way of uh, demonstrating what karate can really do than point sparring in yep. you know i think do you think they might ever actually use because they're not putting karate back into the olympics at the moment are they um no. do you do you think do you think that something like karate combat that style could could go much much bigger i think so yes you know because karate let's face it if you if a nine-year-old tells his parents, hey, mom, can I watch uh, mixed martial arts, mm, bare-knuckle boxing, mm, you know, like, like mm. some parents will go like, oh, this boxing already could be very hard, traumatizing mm. because there's a lot of head damage. But if they say, hey, mom, can I watch karate? And pretty much every mom and dad's going to say, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, so it's so accepted by everybody. And I think that is the key to success with yeah. karate combat. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's already big, but I would like to see this go absolutely everywhere. I really would. The style of it, you know, this really applied karate. It will. I truly believe it will. I mean, it's, look at the traction we're having already, and that's mm. in just a simple four years, and there's nothing else like it. No, everything's protected, so there's no not like somebody else can start doing the exactly same thing. Mm. You know, plus they all lock these guys in. I mean, Adam Kovac is the the champ from Budapest. He's the VP, the vice president. He, mm. I mean, they go after all these great uh, guys and they sign them up fresh from the Olympics even. Yeah, I do. I, I, th- I think it's it's really going to make um, a big dent in some of kind of like the WKF. Um, I think a lot of the guys from there will start transferring over because I think it's just it's just more well known already. People, yep. It's way more interesting to watch. And especially for the general public, nobody wants to you know, sit and watch two guys screaming at each other and stopping every five seconds when they land a punch. They want to see fight. Yeah, they want to see a fight. And the production value is brilliant. 
it's yeah it's great stuff yep and obviously you've got gsp and uh i think wonder boys just come on as well isn't he he's joined wonder up as well oh, yeah the ultimate cheetah yeah i mean yeah, for some great freaking guys coming yeah. in it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's fantastic um, how long has Leo Tomajiro been in there? About eight. Uh, last year he started. Last year. Last season, yeah. Yeah, and it spawned yeah. so many good stuff. I absolutely love your street fighting stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's it, talk about that. The, the, the Bass Fruit and Self Defense video. We were talking about that before you came on, and Greg was saying, Gotta ask about that. It's just what so I, good. Yeah. I love it. And I Ding. love you. And I love you did a new one with GSP. That was absolutely brilliant. Talk yeah. about tell us about that. Yeah, where did that come from? The original. Okay, so I did this thing with a guy, uh, the boss with this big books of combat. It's the biggest instructional book there is. I mean, we're talking six and a half thousand pictures. It's that's it's a big thing. Um, and but but he the, the guy I did with he he screwed me over something that oh, i didn't wow. understand in the beginning with contracts and everything and what do you know uh, they warned me for it but hey you know i'm a guy from holland with us our worth is our bond that's it you know mm -hmm. you don't even have to sign because they will travel if you broke the, your word they will travel and you don't have a job anymore but here it was different um so when that happened i already promised the first 300 buyers to get a free self-defense book a little thin book we're going to make a self-defense book. Now, needless to say, I didn't want to do business with this guy anymore um, because, yeah, he screwed me over. But I still made a commitment to these 300 people who would buy the first book. Yeah. Um, and for them, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to shoot a day, you know? Well, I'll write some things down. And it's completely, it was just all ad-libbed. You know, I just wrote down what I was going to show. And then I was just doing like on a seminar. I was, I didn't even know that I made sound effect. Dang, dang, boy, I never knew that I did that. You know, and what people also don't realize is that what you see, the five minute clip, it's a one hour, 45 minute dead series. Freaking destroy, <laughs> how to destroy a person. <laughs> so I did that so I could give these 300 people what they uh, were promised. Right. But then it caught fire like a maniac i mean when that guy made that video uh with all the sound effect gong, yeah. gong, gong, look at you i gotta break your and all that stuff i mean you have no clue how i i if i get stopped on the street the people that constantly oh can you say voicemail message can you say this dang dang dong dong <laughs> i mean all the time it is so insane i wrote that guy a couple of emails I said, listen, obviously, you got to be a fan. So, and at that time, I sold everything. I had clothing, boxing gloves, shoe cards, <laughs> and everything. I said, go to my website, pick anything you want. I'll give it to you. Because he gave me so much work. I mean, pretty much any job I get after this. I mean, all the video games, uh, cartoon network, anti-bullying campaigns, and fitness campaigns, and you name it. I mean, everything pretty much came from that video. That's crazy. Yeah, like the TV show Punk Payback came from that. You know, I mean, I had, that was one season only because I think it was a little bit too crazy. But <laughs> I like a lot. People just go on uh, online on YouTube, Punk Payback with Boss Rhythm. I think you like it. That's because I I, I liked it. And I'll, I'll check it out for yeah, sure. It's, it's hilarious. We, well, what happens is we watch a video, like since a gas station got robbed, and we would watch that video and then it comes to me, the camera, I say, okay, now let's see, put myself in that situation and see what we could have done. And then I'm standing there, we, we built a set, exactly the same as that gas station. 
and then we reenact the whole scene. And of course, we do. I do the humor, you know, and we make it funny. And oh, I've like, never so seen funny. this. Yeah, it's hilarious. I thought it was very funny, but oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that amazing. My poor parents. They always thought, oh my god, this. And she told me a long time ago. My mom said, "You have a gift." I go, "What is it? <laughs> you, can, you look at something, it breaks." <laughs> <I go. laughs> hey, oh, mom, I made it a career. It worked out. It um, worked, yeah, it worked out for sure. <laughs> moment, yeah. Oh my god! So, but let's um, let's get back to karate combat uh, briefly. Where where do you see? Where do you see it going? Obviously, it's it's only going up, um, yep. but you know where where I guess where do you hope for it to go in the future? It's it's going really big. I think something big things are planned now. Mm. Um, in the next couple of months, I don't know how far it's out already. What what is out? So I cannot say too much. But there's no, something yeah. coming. There's something coming that sets going to set us apart. It's already sets us apart from every other organization. But there's something coming that no other organization is doing yet as well. And awesome. I think that is going to get a lot of traction. People are going to go, whoa. Um, it's all, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I can say. So I can. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. Really we don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the new season starts now, right? They, yep. they just announced it. Uh, that it's, is going uh... to be very fun. I mean, fights, there's some fights. You, uh, yeah, there's going to be some real wild moments this uh, season. Yeah. Starts. No May 14th, I think. Season four starts on May 14th, if I'm... Oh, there you go. Yep. There we go. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, I love the rule set as well. Did you, did you have much input in terms of um, the, the way it was no. set up? Or was that, was that kind of before you got there? Yeah, it was kind of before I got there. In the beginning, they did the hooks. I, uh, I, I did say that we need the hooks. Yeah. And uppercuts, if they make them long uppercuts, and, and thankfully yeah. they did. Uh, the low kicks, I'm a big fan of low kicks uh, to the thigh, mm -hmm. not to the calf. But, you know, this will make sure that you stand a little bit further away. They just want to show the people at home more technique and be a little different than other people. Yeah. Um, chef, I suppose you run the risk of kind of turning it into more of an MMA type thing, don't you? It's, <laughs> it's nice to keep it slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the take guard, of course, with the five second ground and pound rule. I like that a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we saw people getting stopped by it. So that's great. So, yeah, I, li I like the rule sets, although I always think, you know, like lo a low kick to the thigh, that would be great. But, you know, now when I look back on it, I kind of I kind of like this as well. This is also it's going to give us a little bit more of a but people come from a kickboxing, a glory kickboxing. Or yeah. Something, you know, and they're going to and they have a karate background and now they're in karate combat. Well, we'll take some weapons away. It almost looks like that. But now they have the calf kicks, mm. you know, and the calf kicks well produced. Well, we've already seen people win by way of calf kicks. Yeah. So, and it keeps the fight, they're right. It keeps it further away. There's more space in between the fighter, yeah. which makes it easier for the people at home to watch. Yeah. I guess it makes it easier as well for some of the, the Olympic guys to transition over because I suppose they're, more, they're used to that distance, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. And especially if you go to Kyokushin or something, that's like... That's fighting in the phone booth, right? They're standing yeah. with each other and they just go and they want to avoid that. They want yeah. to see the pe people at home, see everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is your background, right, Kyokushin? Is yes. That, yeah. Yeah. Only 
uh, to my second degree, I did my test for, and the fifth degree I got as an honorary fifth degree. It was a, it was a cool thing. I had John Blooming, who was the highest gaijin, uh, I believe he's 11th degree. He's next to Masoyama. He's oh, wow. the, the highest one. Yeah. And uh, he was with me in Japan. <clears throat> and we are walking on the street with a bunch of fighters, and uh, we hear somebody hybrid wrestling, Pancras, this voice. And we're looking, and it's a big screen, like a whole building is a screen. And this is, we're talking 95, you know, this is a long time ago when we didn't have those big screens. Yeah. And we're going, oh, the first thing we see is me knocking somebody out for my first fight. Well, oh, it's the preview for the next day for the show that we're fighting on. And I'm standing there, and this was early in my career. It was 94, I think. And I'm seeing this guy sitting in half guard, and he goes for an inverted heel loop, which I didn't know what that was at the time. I heard about it, I didn't do a lot. And a big John Blooming is behind me, and I go, oh, that's a cool move. I should remember that. So the next day I'm fighting, and I'm in that position, and I go, might as well try it out. Well, since I never did it before, I had no clue how much pressure I put on this person's leg. Oh, no. Yeah, I broke a shin bone in half mm. with, the, with the move. So Yeah, I saw but, that. Yeah, poor man tried to do a kick on it afterwards and just collapsed. Yeah. Horrendous. And, um, but so that was not such a good thing because I, I did because I, I really liked that fighter uh, as well. He was the, the Japanese boss route and he was as crazy as I was. So that's why we clicked <laughs> a lot. Uh, but then John Blooming, he gave me an honorary fifth degree. He goes, I heard you say the day before, hey, that's a cool move. I should try it out. You never did it. And then you want to fight with it the next time. The next that, day. Is, that is pretty cool. Yeah. If that doesn't, if that doesn't give, deserve you a fifth time, then uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what does. Uh, but that's what I always say to people. I say for my second, I did my tests, but not for the fifth. So no, yeah, I don't think any. I don't think anyone's going to dispute you on that. To be fair, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to. Well, let them. Yeah, yeah. Let them try. West. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does uh? What I mean, obviously, you still train. What does your training look like these days? Because obviously, you don't compete anymore, but you're still a you're still a martial artist. You're still a you still train. What what does kind of your your daily training look like now? Oh, yes, yeah. You you guys can see you you have the video. It's in my arm. I had a four neck surgeries, so my nerve stopped working to my right arm, and I lost all power in my right arm. Like a lot, I couldn't even pull the trigger from the gun anymore. Oh, so wow. it was really bad. And that's eleven years ago, maybe twelve years ago. Now four neck surgeries later, um, I went from two pounds biceps curls to 15 people oh that's a lot now this is over 12 years mm. oh, hold your horses so it's really it's not a lot but so so i'm i have to work that out every well four days a week i do yeah. because you have to keep it busy so at least my tendons still get strength and all that stuff because otherwise i'm going to lose it at all yeah so that's what i'm doing then i have this power training uh cable machine drilling drills that i do which is really good for punching power, core power, and, and, and I do reverses as well. So it's just a 32-minute workout. My workouts are like 32 minutes, maximum 40 minutes. And people go like, oh, that's short. Yeah, but you can do 15 minutes with me because yeah. I'll go. Yeah. You know, so once I do like a 32-minute workout with me, there will be not a moment that I'll have more than three seconds rest. Mm. There will not be. It's constantly yeah. going into the other exercise. It's all supersets. It's all going fast, fast, fast. I'm yeah. not yeah, iPods in. Airpods, I don't want anybody to talk to me. This is 32 minutes. I'm out of the gym. And the same with the power training. That could be like 40 minutes, but I go back and forth, back and forth. It's all supersets. Everything yeah. at the end of the 40 minutes workout, that's my 10 rounds of boxing. I have this audio uh, workouts that I have and uh, 10 rounds of boxing that I have. That's the hardest workout 
the level three it's it's insanity and i do 10 rounds of those fantastic and do you um you're still coaching as well aren't you you're still coaching people yeah, yeah. at your gym my gym yeah tonight and thursdays i teach and saturday i teach the fight uh, group we got an event coming up now june 5th here in my town because it's so very it was so hard to get fights for uh my guy and listen my gym doesn't we don't focus on the fighters we have them and we train them and we have like four or five pros and the rest is amateur, mm. but we have a lot of, we have like 350 students, you know, in the, in the gym where we focus on that. <clears throat> now, if the fighters come in, of course, that's why I do the fighter training with yeah. them. Uh, I help them and I'll be there and I hold the focus bits and I work with them. But uh, now we just put on a show. We had 11 fighters and we all want to have a fight. Well, let's do it ourselves then. So now every fight on the card is one of the fighters is our, our guy or girl. And then the, the rest are coming in. So that's June 5th. So that's why we're now tuning it up a little bit with, uh, with the workouts. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Let's, uh, I mean, we're, we're closing in on an hour. One thing, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this based on your T-shirt. But we usually ask people, go to or favorite martial arts movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say... You're going to say Enter the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, indeed, because that, that movie changed my life, you know. Yeah. That changed was a lot of people's lives. Well, well you know, you, I was bullied because of my skin disease all day long, every day. And, uh, uh, you know, it's hard. It's really mm. hard as a kid. And, and then when I saw Bruce Lee, oh, I go, like, wait a minute, if I'm like that guy, oh, I'm going to knock these guys out. So that's when I started training. And then I knocked the first bully out, the biggest one in my town, in my school. And that was it. Uh, the bullying stopped. People were afraid. Now, and that was still, till this day, I would put that as my best fight ever because that was the first time I stood up for myself mm-hmm. that yeah. I said, okay, no more. They, and they were like six, seven kids. Hey, leper. And I screamed at something back this time. We're on bicycles, we're riding. And I look him back because I heard them laugh. And sure enough, they started to chase me. And I said, this is it. So I just put my bike on the stand on the sidewalk and I just waited for them. And then they surrounded me with their bikes so I couldn't get out. And then the biggest bully came and I just knocked him out, one punch. He, he asked me to, he says, come on, hit me, leper, come on. <laughs> I go, okay, Bonk. one shot, out. Problem was he broke his nose in the process. So now the police showed up, my mom and dad's doorstep. So they took me off right away again. Um, I always say this in my defense. I, it, in their defense, they didn't know that I was bullied. Like, listen, my mom had so much work with me. She had to mummify me. That's what we call to put wraps around me. The whole mm-hmm. family would sit in bed sheets, which would rip to her bandages and, and every night cortisone creams. And, you know, so she did it every night. I would rip it off because it would itch and she would do it again. And so I didn't want to bother them by saying that I was bullied on top of everything else. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that if my dad would have known I was bullied, he would have said, no, no, no let him on there. This is great. He would have applauded me, I think, for knocking the guy out. Yeah. But I didn't want them uh, to know at mm. the time. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I know you've done some, some work on, on um, bullying, but what advice do you tend to give kids who are being bullied? Well, you, uh, unfortunately, I can't say whatever I want to say because, listen, I've been bullied for, what was it, years, like nine years straight. And until I hit one it stopped mm. so but you can't go around saying people yeah just knock them out because that's going to stop it <laughs> and then i have to honestly have to also take into consideration that some some kids simply don't have it 
yeah. maybe you know yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they cannot do it so the best thing is to do is always to get an adult it really is but we will be ashamed of that that's why i didn't want to tell my parents you know and they want to don't want to do that either they feel kind of they're they're weaker you know mm. but what they don't realize is that bullying always happens with a group it's one bully who wants to be the cool guy and most of the time he's the the douche and then all his friends who are not really his friends because when i knocked that bully out nobody stepped in because if it was a real friend, they would have jumped in. But I, mm. everybody was just joining him because if you can't beat him, join him, right? So let's do that. And I think uh, they have to understand that. If you're bullied, you have to understand also that the person that bullies you, there is a reason for him to do that. And most of the time it's because he gets beaten at home or he is, something is going on. Like every person with a normal mind, you know, you, you wouldn't bully somebody if you mm. really think. And of course, kids are, you know, they don't think. But if you see what happens, like I always talk about this with the, uh, the, the school shootings, you know, these kids have been bullied, bullied, they come and they start shooting poops. And listen, I condone that, of course, 100% condone it, but I can understand it. Mm. 100% I can understand. There was yeah. one moment in where I got so degraded and I wanted to pull off something cool. There was a, a tree in it and a branch hang down. And I just saw a Tarzan movie and these kids are laughing at me and I grab one of those branches and I want to swing and kick him in the chest like you see in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get it, yeah. And the branch broke and I'm falling on the ground. <laughs> and I remember everybody standing around me pointing at me and laughing. And I ran home and I live very close to school. I'm talking 200 yards. And I grabbed the biggest kitchen knife and I ran back. <clears throat> and thankfully my mother saw me running on the street with a knife as she started chasing me. And thankfully she could have caught up with me. Yeah. But still this day, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have, but I was in a whole different state at that moment. I could have yeah. started stabbing. I don't know what I would have done, but that's why I always say, I understand people. I said to bullies also, I do these talks. I go, watch out. Because all the kids that bullied me, I went after them. Once I knocked that bully out, mm. oh, I made a list with all the guys that were after me, and I all went to them. And some of them go, please, boss, I don't remember. Bomb, just knocked them out. I remember. You know, they. I just, <laughs> I got so angry, fed up with these people, but it stopped right away. And now, yeah. other kids got bullied in school. Guess who took care of that problem? <laughs> Yours truly, right here. Yeah. Because then I was helping the other kids, of course, you see. So now I, I start enjoying it. And then I realized, hey, shit, I'm good at it. <laughs> and I became a career. So it's amazing. So officially what I sell to kids, tell the kids, I said, listen, the bullish power years the golden years are four years hmm. that's it as soon as that guy goes to work most of the time they're not really smart people they're really dumb so they're not going to have a great job they're not going to have a great life they, it, it, it's that kind of people some of them exceptions so there's exceptions to everyone yeah you know but just eat it for four years and then just pay back by being successful in whatever you do you know i i know my friend who was also bullied he's a really great doctor right now in holland you know and that's his payback Everybody's laughing at them and uh, hanging out with the leper. But now he's a really uh, a big uh, doctor, you know, that everybody looks up to. You see, that was his payback. So, you know, use it as fuel to whatever you want to do in life, you know. And then uh, hopefully once you get that job and you do it, what the last thing that you want to do is let them win is crawling into a freaking mm. by yourself and not doing anything. That, then, not, then you know you let them win. But, you know, if you use it as fuel and then you can do a lot, you know, and don't believe that crap of people say you can do anything. That's such a, 
it's such a lie all the time. It's like, yeah, I want to be a jet fighter pilot. Guess what? I can't do it. I have ADHD. I'm going to crash the freaking thing. I understand that. I would love to be a rock star on a guitar. Guess what? Can't do it. I don't have the freaking motivation. To, you see, I mean, it's such a stupid thing to say to a kid. You can do anything you want. No, do what yeah. you love to do. Do what you love to do. And once you love it, then you want to do it a lot because you love it. And once you do something a lot, you get good at it. That's how it works. That's mm. how it works with me, my submissions. I lost my submission. Then I lost another fight. Then a third loss. Dude, I'm a sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now it was like, I need to know this stupid game. And I never liked it. It was stupid to me. It was like, oh, whatever. But then I realized, oh, man, it's way more powerful than, uh, th- than boxing or kickboxing. If you think about it, I can this, uh, not me, any, any submission guy can mm. do this. I can dislocate any joint in your body. Mm-hmm. I can break any bone in your body. Whatever I decide I can do. I can blow your knee out. I can make sure you don't walk anymore in 10 seconds. Now you can't walk anymore for six months. Yeah. That's a big power to freaking have. Oh, right? yeah. You, arm, you can do it with a shoulder. You can just dislocate and just tear everything apart. And once I realized, and then I realized all the combinations, like, yeah, straight arm bar is easy. Yeah, everybody knows the setup. Okay, now try to create a different setup. So people don't know that you're going to the armbar. Oh, but now they know that to try. And that was my power. Suddenly I realized I started four or five different setups for the same submission. For the, it's the same what you do in striking. Yeah. A right cross to the head. Well, try to land it. If you have a good setup that people don't know, then you can land that big cross again. You see what I mean? That's the same mm. as submission. You just have yeah. to find different ways. It's a never ending. You never master it. It's always, there's always something, every workout I would go like, dude, how could I not have seen this? I've been doing it for 25 years. That's what I love about submission fighting. My poor wife, I I tell everybody, I would wake her up in the middle of the night because I would dream of submission. I I would wake her up, put her in submission, you know, and I write it down and do it the next day in the class. She walks in the the kitchen, I would lean over, I would get her in a choke, I go, is it hurting your throat or getting dizzy? She was dizzy. I see it's a blood choke. You know, and I would write it down. And I would, I mean, I was so obsessed with it. But, you know, you just said it. That's That was the last loss I had. When I lost my last fight by submission, I won my next eight fights by way of submission. Yeah, they were like crazy. I never lost a fight anymore after that. It was just me deciding to start learning this game. And everybody can do this. It's just doing it, you know, but mm. doing it a lot. Listen, when I'm obsessed with something, I can't let that go. It's really, that's that's my whole thing in my head. And I will go 100%. And 100% mm-hmm. with me, it's not 110% that be crap. It's now 110%. 100% is full. That's it. It's not 99.9. I can tell you that. It will be 100%. You see, yes and no. There's no gray areas with me. I say yes, I commit. That's it. I'm not going to go pull back. No, I said yes. And I do that with everything in life. And once I apply that simply to fighting, yeah, there's no other way than you're going to get good because you just do it in enormous amount. But if you don't like it, then it's going to be a very tough job. I know some fighters, Quentin Jackson, he told me he hates training. I go, dude, this, 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 I would love it. I would wake up in the morning. Yeah, I can start training. Oh man, I would, I would be, I would think about it at night. That's why I would wake up and, and submit my wife. I would love it so much. And then, it's one of the greatest, that's one of the greatest quotes we've ever had. Oh dear. <laughs> Tough job if you don't like what you're doing. Absolutely, right? yeah. 
yeah it's it's too hard to do if you don't love it but I completely agree there's a there's a saying that the the people who are brilliant at what they do are brilliant because they've spent 10,000 hours doing it Mm. or something like that the Beatles were the Beatles because all they ever did was play music and write songs and you know love or hate the Beatles whatever but you know they're the best people are the best people because they love it and they do it relentlessly it's the, it's the way to get good, isn't it? You just keep yeah. doing it because you love it. You can't make yourself doing something as, as hard as fighting, uh-huh. can you? You know, I, I get this quote on Forbes, Forbes magazine. They put oh. a quote from Basswood and you'll say, I'm a freaking quote on Forbes. You know what the quote was? The dumbest quote ever. You know, uh, um, successful. it's a life hack. The life hack, it's very easy, you know? Just start training and never quit. Never give up. The best life hack in the history is just just start doing it and don't stop. I mean, everybody can say that stupid quote. It's just dumbest quote there, but it's old. I always look at people, um, big other people, whether as actors or musicians or whatever, athletes, it doesn't matter. They all say the same thing. You, you look at them all. They say, don't quit. Stick with it. And there are moments that you want to quit and you want to give up. Don't, because that could be the moment. Maybe an hour later, that could be a, a rise up. And it was with me also. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I had no direction, no direction in life. Telephone goes. I never picked up my telephone. You know, and, and, so, and the answering machine was broke. Something made me pick up the phone, jump in your car. Now we've got to come to Amsterdam. No, two-hour drive. That's what I did. And then suddenly I was there. And that was not going to let that go anymore. And then I just kept doing it. If I do it, if I commit, why not go all the way? Mm. You know, why not try to become a champion? Sure, I might not make it, but at least I can say I tried it. It's like moving to America. Oh, he will be back in Holland, they said. I said, I might be. But if I don't try it, I'm going to be a very angry old man, 17 years old, sitting in Holland saying, kid, I should Mm. have tried it. I should have gone to America. Maybe I could have done something. Yeah. You You never know. So if you you don't shoot, you always miss. you got to try it. Mm. And then if you love it, why not go all the way? You know, and see what you can do. And it's not about becoming a champion. It's it's, it's about being just a tough guy, just like there's so many fighters out there that the world champions talk about that. They might be the number 12 fighter uh, in the league and they go, oh, you're going to fight him? Oof. Good luck with that, dude, because they're such an animals. Mm. Yes, it might be technically not super sound and maybe they don't have, a, but it's going to be very hard to beat one of those guys. Yeah. You know, that guy, he's got a, all the fighters look up to that number, to that 15th guy or whatever it is because they just love the perseverance that he shows. You yeah. know, everyone focus so much on winning the championships. No, I think it's like becoming known with what you're doing is good enough. And then you have to pay it for. Then you have to make sure that you use your, your platform that you have and do something good with it. Meaning don't go drugs and, and give all the wrong examples to kids because guess what? There's kids who actually follow you. I got a lot of emails for parents, for people with asthma and with eczema, you know, all these, all these kids that have the same thing and the parents had the same. You know, and you can influence them now. Now you can help these mm-hmm. people. That's what you should do. You know, don't be a, don't let yourself go and get out of control big and you're drinking and doing that. No, that's, that's, that's the polar opposite of what you used to be, a champion, you know, and a champion is everything. It's not just fighting, it's being a role model to others as well. And I think once you have that, you can't go wrong, you know, and have a backup mm-hmm. plan. Every fighter, every musician, everybody, I mean, I, I do this in my talks. I'm talking about uh, we all we all give everything up for our lives here on Earth. I always talk about right. If heaven's real, nobody cares about heaven. It's eternal. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So we we do everything for this this eighty gave or take eighty years on this planet, but we don't care about eternity. 
Mm -hmm. So you might go, God knows where you're going to go if you're not a good person. You see, if you mm -hmm. really think this is all it, well, step in my shoes. When I had physical attacks by a spirit, curtains right in front of me flying up against the ceiling. Now, I said some really crazy stuff that I was like, holy crap, what's going on? This is not it, you know, but somehow we only focus on what we see. We're, 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 <laughs> we're very short-sighted, you know, yeah. we don't look at, you know, and this is how people are. But if you're just a good person, the only thing you do is being a good person. You know, I always say to people, you know, if you do something, if you do a small little a good thing, it's still doing good. Doing a small evil thing is still doing evil. So why would you do it? Mm. Just let it go. Why, like all these things I started changing, you know, after I used a lot of profanity and then, you know, all that I stopped. It's like, it's so useless. For what? Why? When you have to make yourself hurt? Why? By using profanity? Really? That's, that's kind of sad if you think about it. And listen, I'm okay with it. If they drop an F-bomb here and there, cool. I love it, you know, because then it makes a, a, a quotation mark. I understand that. But these guys in every sentence and three times, oh, the effing guy said the effing this, I got the effing all this. I go, dude, there's so there's such an insecurity. It's mm. like, oh, you, 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 you can't be tough. You try to do that with bad words. It's so unnecessary, mm. you know? Don't, I don't care if people do it, but every sentence, don't do that with me because I'm going to say, hey, think about it, turn it out. Drop once a while. You know, so it has a value. Yeah. <laughs> That's not doing it. It's like a move, an action movie that only goes here. It's not an action movie. It needs to be down and up again. You know, it's like a fight. Yeah. Everything in life. So, yeah, those things you start seeing later in life, all the things that you thought were very important, they become so not important. Now it's about who you leave behind. What are people going to say about you when you're gone? Mm. That is what I think is the most important thing in the world. You know, he was a great fighter. He was a douche. I mean, always drinking drugs, beat his wife, did it. We want to be a guy like that? I don't want to be a like that. You know, with me, it would be great if they say, man, this guy was out there and he helped everybody. He still with him. He was a great role model. Oh, yeah, no, he, he could fight pretty good. You know, leave that as a second. Yeah. But that would be, that would be a great memory. You know, and I think everybody should live like that, especially in the crazy freaking world we're living in right now, because everything is emotion. You can't speak to a person because they're completely there or completely there and they're not listening because the emotions just waver everything away. Mm. It's all gone. And it's all the stupid phones. It's all reacting in a short-term memory and a uh, short attention span. It drives me nuts that people don't see it. I did this thing, this 90-day thing there where you're allowed like two fasting days. You could only listen to good music or watch TV. Can't be on your phone. Can't, all these things you can't. You're only for your, for your job. And man, after 90 days, my social media, I think I did, I do 15% compared to what I was doing before 90 days. Really? But then you realize you're wasting so much, much time. time. Yeah. Read a book, go help somebody, do something, you know. So go many outside. Oh, <laughs> man, that's such a great thing. I'm walking with the dog three times a day. I enjoy it. I do my meditation, my prayers, my thing. I just, I'm feeling great now. I'm not locked in. Oh, I need these likes. Oh, I need this like. No, I, I don't care anymore. It's good. Oh, well, the Porsche, get rid of the freaking Porsche. Get a normal car. Get, a, you know, <laughs> get rid of that stuff. You don't need to. You know, it's all look at me, look at me. It, it is because I it understand is. that. But you know, you think that people look different than you because when you're having cool clothes or no. And the people who do, you don't want these people as your friends because they don't know the real you. It shouldn't yeah. matter what you wear. It shouldn't matter what you drive. It should. I mean, just be a good person, you know? And that's, thankfully, I saw that like 10 years ago, it started with me resonating and I go, okay, good. Okay, now 
I calmed down quite a bit and I was relaxed. And now, now there's actually moderation in my life, which I never had because I'm a crazy guy. You know, I'm a very addictive personality. I got to really watch out, which is great in training because I will go all the way, but yeah. also, it's also a dark side, you know? Mm. So if two beers are good, well, 15 are going to be much better, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can relate. <laughs> you have to stop you. So you find it out when you're older. And that's why these young kids, they do everything wrong. And then people go like, why don't you tell them? But they go, because if somebody my age would tell that to me when I'm their age, I wouldn't listen to yeah. them. It doesn't matter. I can give them advice and say, hey, listen, I would do it. But it's, it's, they're not listening. It doesn't mm. really matter. They're going to have to figure it out themselves. You know, and if they, get, if they ask me, yeah, now I can say something. And I feed it very gentle, you know. I always talk about this. Imagine, uh, if, imagine you're a fighter. This freaking crazy fighter who just destroys everybody. <clears throat> no tattoos. He doesn't swear. He doesn't bad thing. Nothing. He's the perfect clean guy, and just destroys everybody. That's a. I, I wish I could turn back time. I would not do any tattoo. I would. I would try to be that guy. How cool would that be? Mm. They would never expect it because he doesn't. He's not bad mouthing anybody. He's not. But boy, you fight him, <laughs> he's gonna go for you. Yeah, it's, I think that's way cooler than freaking been tattooed everywhere, tattoos in the neck. And I think you know, I think that's, I that's why a lot of people resonate with guys like GSP and and Habib. Yep. Just just the quiet yeah. guys that will that they'll tear you apart. But they're yeah, Fedor. Yeah, yeah. All these guys, you see, that's guys I really look up to. And, and you see yeah. them. And all these men, you, you mentioned now, look what a, what an example these guys are. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Kind of fighting. There you go. I think it's, it's the difference between a fighter and a martial artist, isn't it? I think is, you know, th th then there is a difference. And I think what you've said there is, is, is you've absolutely shown the difference between the two is and anyone that says, you know, MMA fight, MMA fighters are just fighters. They're not martial artists. I'll, I'll say, go and listen to, go and listen to what Bass has just said, because you know that is the epitome of a martial artist to me. Is everything you've just said? I, you no, know, but that's the thing. With, but that's the okay thing about karate combat as well. It's like well, we saw guys getting in their faces, you know, at the at the weigh-in, and then as soon as they they're done talking. They both look at each other. They greet each other. Hush, there's the respect again. It's not yeah. pushing, pushing. Yeah. No, hush, okay. You got. You see, ah, man, I love that. Mm, you know, yeah, absolutely. you can be angry, you talk it up, but then you still respect each other. Yeah. yeah, And then you go. That's what I like. And then MMA. Thankfully, we have more and more now. People start seeing it's a business, and people start seeing it's much better for them if they don't use a lot of profanity because now maybe they can hook a Nike or they can hook a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, you see? And you can't do that if you're constantly being angry. It's stupid. You're going to get mm. stupid stuff. Mm. Yeah. Let's, um, speaking of while we're on MMA, who, who are the, some of the guys that today that you look at and you think are some of your favorite modern guys? Oh, it's such a hard question because, you know, right now everybody's so good and I'm almost mm. afraid to it. Like, a, like a guys like TJ Dillashaw jump over this constantly switching stances. I like this shit. Adesanya, I mean, Peter Jan, I mean, uh, Algerian Sterling. I mean, oh, oh, I mean it, it's endless right now. Like in the yeah. beginning, when I started fighting, I was, what I mastered was the stamina for MMA. That was the first thing that I mastered. That's why I didn't run out of gas. 
because everybody knows only striking, only submission. The trick is to mix it up. The trick is to do power training with stamina. And I figured it out really soon, really fast. So I was one of the guys who didn't run out of gas and who could mm. complete a fight. I would hate these guys who go to a fight and are not able to be a full to fight a full fight. They go, "What are you doing? It's your job. Go run a stupid mill <laughs> or something." That's I mean, true, really, yeah. that is right. I mean. It's like being a painter coming with a half a can of paint to a job and then you can't finish. It makes no sense to me, you know, go. So now I did my wrestling always sucked, but I thought, you know, if I get really good on the ground and I'm really good striking it might I have 50 submissions, 12 knockouts, uh, 30 knockouts, I think, and uh, uh, 12. And then, um, and I never took anybody down. I have more submission victories, but I never took anybody down. You see, I just yeah. came good on the ground. So once they took me down, so that was my power that I knew both. In the beginning, people would do only striking. And that's what happened to me in the beginning. I would mm. lose my submission until I learned after my third loss, I started adding it. And some of these guys never did that. They still lose by submission. That is still a great striker. What they should do is what I did. Forget about your striking. And I'll flip the complete script. Now I'm going to do 12 times a week. I'm going to do only submissions. And only two times a week, I'm doing tie pads just for my stamina to yeah. strike. But the rest... I'm not going to unlearn how to strike in three months. Mm. You know, I'm still going to be the best, better striker than all the other guys. Yeah. I mean, I knew my level where I was. So let's focus only on submissions. And once you do that, you just become really good. That's it. You know, and that's what more people should do. And now, now that's the thing now. Now everybody knows everything. With me, at the time with me, I was an exception. And I'm not uh, uh, an exception yeah. to the rule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Three in 10 would they have that. Now it's like nine in 10 have that. Mm. And even better because my wrestling sucked and, and they're much better wrestlers and they have the whole thing, you see? So that's the great thing about fighting. And that's why it's so hard to say right now who's the best and who's the dip because yeah. it is so close together. You know, sometimes he wins and then the other guy wins because the level is so close. Now it's all about stamina. And the, that's the cool thing about now and the weight classes. It's these guys are freaking athletes like professional real good athletes and that's yeah. what i know about it so but the guys who are different who stand out like an adesanya who's mm. funny and you know of course guys like that i really enjoy yeah yeah mm. absolutely absolutely and they they understand the business like you say that they're, they're a real joy because they understand the business of it yep. they know how to be popular without being offensive or spoiling yeah. it in some way they know how to be role models yeah, but it's like yeah. <clears throat> I say in talks, you say, if, always think before you want to make a decision or whatever you're going to say or going to do. It doesn't matter. Just think, is this going to make me mentally, it's going to make me uh, smarter or mentally stronger? What I'm about to do, saying something bad, saying something, if this is going to help me anyway when I do it. And then if the answer is no, don't do it. You don't have to answer to everybody. Oh, somebody, oh, you're an answer. I mean, that's all you don't have to. <laughs> One guy, one guy in the world thinks that who cares about that one guy but that's how we're wired right now yeah. you get a hundred messages you got one negative one guess where your focus is yeah, right? yeah that's very true and, yeah, and very it's the true. other way around it's not if you get a hundred bad messages and one good one nobody's going to say oh but at least like i got one good one no it'd be only focusing on the bad mm. and look at the news i don't watch news anymore no i i can't sleep if i watch the news yeah. it's insanity what people are doing right now in the world yeah, that just think, just think before you make a decision. And this is coming from me. Like 15 years ago, I wasn't that guy that's sitting right now here. I would say, think something, I would say it. I wouldn't think, what can that have as a consequence? 
but just think that, and not as a consequence. You should think, is this going to help me in any way? Is this going to make me mentally stronger, smarter? What is this going to do for me? If I say a person on the street looks really out of shape, bad teeth, bad book, why would I say, hey, look at that uh, dumbass over there? Why would I say that? It makes no sense why I would say that. That poor person has a problem, right? And this is not going to happen. It's going to make me bigger, stronger, mentally smarter. Nothing. It's not going to do anything. So why say something? Those, those things I always think about, you know? And thankfully, I started doing that a whole bunch of years now ago. And uh, still, it's an ongoing process. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not as easy as you think it is. It really is. Because all the little tiny things to fix those, you know, it's hard. But it's good mm. that you see them. And once you see them, you can I was going to say, yeah, the, the fact that you recognize and work on it is, yep. you know, that's, yeah. And don't worry. I'm a really good guy. But if I see something bad on the street, I will smash his face still in. I have no problem with that. So <laughs> I will not lose that. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> say, oh, God, boss believes in Jesus Christ. They go, yeah, but I'll still knock you out. Still, still knock you out. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> He'll still destroy your liver. Exactly. Yeah. And enjoying it, which I should say, but I kind of do it. If it's a bad person, you can't enjoy it, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you don't. You don't win twenty-two straight fights if you don't enjoy it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sometimes when I see those fights, I go, "Ooh," because I know what I was thinking. I go, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm saying. <laughs> do you, Do you ever watch? Do you, Do you watch them back often? No, not at all. But sometimes you like, like a couple of months ago, somebody made a new uh, highlight reel. Yeah. You know, every single fight. And, and it's kind of cool. And then, you know, you, you, it pops up and then yeah. you, you watch it, you know, but then, then you see certain things, you know, what I was thinking. And I still tried to be the nice guy in the ring, but I know what yeah. I was thinking at that moment. I will kill you now. You know, like that's like while I'm smiling, you know, and my manager would go, stay calm. You see my manager do this. I go, I'll be calm. But if I, I hit him, I'm going to destroy this guy. You know, like, I, okay, be smiling. <laughs> oh, so weird how your mind works at that moment, you know? Yeah. But it's never comes never from an, from a place that it just started. It always is something that they do to mm. tick me off. You know, if you go in front of the fighter, you do this in front of me, like standing right here in front of me, like two feet away, you slit your throat with your thumb. Yeah, now, now I'm angry. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hurt you now. You know, see? So it's good that I don't fight anymore. Now I, <laughs> I still want to hurt him, but not as bad. So. <laughs> Awesome. you can see the cogs you can feel the cogs turning yeah yeah it's pulling me back <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny oh i love that that's absolutely amazing brilliant i'm i'm wondering i have so much that i, I could sit here for about another three hours and just listen to you talk Baz. that's absolutely yeah amazing. yeah yeah, I really, really could. Um, I did want to just ask you, because you were talking about that, um, just real quick. Um, you were saying you do meditations and, and things. What kind of practice do you do? Uh, well, I, I have a sort of prayer routine that I do in a meditation routine as well. I also like to do rosary because the rosary is a meditative thing that keeps going the same. And I use it about my stretch routine I do. So I stretch every single day and I uh, for like 20 minutes because that's about the time it takes. And it's just focus my mind out to, to block everything out and to just focus on that one thing. It's a 
um, how you say it, repetitive, repetitive mm. that keeps coming back. And it's really helping me. So I, it, it, it calms me down. What I like to do is also just in my meditation, it's different. It's not, I don't try to think about nothing because that will never work. Yeah. Uh, I already realized that really fast. No, think about what you, the things in life that you don't want to confront. That's what I like to confront in my meditation. So mm. then when it does present itself in real life, I'm ready for it because I already went over it. This is what I used to do in interviews, the driving to an interview. I have every nasty question that they can ask me, I'll already go over it in my head. I try to see what to do. If the latest things are online, like the Will Smith slap, right? Then they go, oh, they're probably going to ask me about that. Yeah. What am I going to say? You see, it's just, it's just being prepared, you know? And you can do that with every situation because in your mind, if you went over it in your mind, well, you kind of did it already, you know? So now when it presents itself, you're better prepared to do something. Now, and then in the evening, I do it. I call it an examination of conscience. Uh, as just sitting outside here, I'm pointing here because I'm sitting outside right now. And um, and I just go over the day, what I did right, what I did wrong, and the, the wrong things. How can I make sure that it won't happen again? And the right things, can I do better? You know, is there, there's always room for improvement, right? Maybe I can uh, do something like that. And just doing that makes you think about your actions of that day. And then if you did some actions that you're not really happy with, maybe you had an envy thing or an angry thing or something was there that you kind of lost control, like if you can get in there suddenly angry, you can go over there wasn't really so necessary. No, but anger, for instance, it's, it's never necessary. It's maybe like four times in your life. Like where you really have to defend somebody for yeah. your family or something for your life. That's a moment you can get really angry. But all the other times you get angry, it's stupid. It's stupid mm. stuff. Mm. So, you know, and, and just addressing those things and the little things, but to me, they're big things because little things can go fast. And I understand that. So that's why I like to push them in right away when they come up. Mm. You know, yeah. So uh, they're not problems anymore, but you have to deal with them. You can't just wipe them away. You have to think about it and see the next time not to do it anymore. It's a whole process. It's, uh, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it to try to be that guy. Yeah, and mm. I got a lot of work to do. I understand that as well. But like I said before, you know, you see it. Yeah, not every time. The times that you catch it, great because they catch. But there's always moments when you get emotional. You you might you might not see it because of the emotions. That's what, like I said, you see this right now in politics, mm. right? They're so emotional they can't think straight anymore. They just they don't even want to know what the other person did that they don't like because if that guy did something right, ooh, they hate him so much they don't want him to do something right. So they simply they lock themselves up. They don't even listen to him. Yeah, you see, and that is a big problem with people right now. And I hope they. Uh, gonna fix it that they just said take a deep breath when i was a bouncer i was always this guy that they wanted me as a bouncer because i had a way with people from the 10 situations normally the stand fights with me nine times not a fight maybe one time because i talked to them yeah i break it down what happened oh he was looking at my wife he looked at your wife yeah did he touch her no did he talk to her no did he do something like that thing? no he didn't do anything did he do anything denigrating to you no it's a compliment, dude. I mean, he looks at you. What, what does he look at your wife? He goes, "Ooh, is that? That's not a compliment." But he goes, "Whoa, she's hot." He didn't do anything, and you're angry because you looked at her. And then you see them change. They go like, "Yeah, yeah." I go, "Okay, good. Call him up. Come here. You, his wife is beautiful, right? Yeah, wife is beautiful. Okay. Do you want to do? No, don't worry. You guys want a beer? And then we have everybody give him a beer, and then we solved, you know. And this is what I would do all the time. That's why they wanted me as a bouncer." Because I was just good with people. Mm. And everybody can do that. You just have to break. And I do it nowadays still. People like, the light goes green, green. And then a guy behind me 
two seconds later goes like a five second honk horn and five people go five seconds five seconds long freaking time mm. five seconds i get out of the car and i put my hands up and all the rest. i said and i walk over i said I just want to talk and they're like already freaking out and i go like was that really necessary like you couldn't go with me now you're gonna to have to wait again. Look, it's turning red again now because I got out of the car. I said, but real, and but you see them go and go, yeah. I go, Aah! I do that in front of them, and then they look at me. I go, that's what it sounds like, and they go, yeah, it's just stupid. I go, exactly. So don't do it anymore. Thank you. And then I go back in the car. Can you can you imagine being that guy? By the way, I can't. I can't imagine being that guy. One guy. One time you're in the car, you go. You know what? I'm going to beat the horn today, and then Baz Root walks out the car. You go, oh no! (laughs) All the times of all the people. This guy in my gym. I'm coming back from my gym, and I'm and I I see him looking at me. It was really good. I tried to cross the road, and he he stands on the street in front of me. Anyway. I go on the street and he's looking at me, looking at me, looking at me. And I'm looking at him and he says, uh, yeah, you, and he's flipping me off. And I'm looking behind me and he goes, no, you bald asshole. He was screaming. Oh, no. And he go, me? Yeah, I go, what? And he, go, and then he says to me, you want to dance? He asked me if I wanted to dance. And I go, sure. <laughs> Park the car right here. So I'm, I park the car next to his car. I get out. of. He gets out of the car. I get out of the car. And as soon as I get out of the car, he gets back in his car and he closes the door and he locks the window. <laughs> and he opens the, the window like a half an inch, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can beat the hell out of me. And I go, dude, I, I don't even want to talk about that. I go, what did I do? Why would you be so angry at me? And he goes, it looked like he came onto the road. I said, did I come on the road? He goes, no. I go, oh, wait, now you're confusing. I said, so I didn't come on the road, but you thought I came on the road and now, but you can't, didn't come on the road. So, so why would you want to fight? And you see him go and he start thinking, oh, yeah, 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 it's kind of stupid. Eh? I go, exactly. That's what it is, dude. I said, relax, I'm out, bye. You see, but it's always for no reason. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. He thought, but I didn't. And now he's flipping me off. You see, so check your emotions. But again, who knows? He was on the phone with his girlfriend, or maybe they were in a fight, and he hangs up the phone, and then this happened. There's a lot of things that can trigger yeah. that reaction. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I will never walk over and beat the guy up, even when he would have attacked me on the street. I'm not going to hit somebody. I might give him a low kick, you know, kick to the leg, mm. but I won't get hit his face. It depends. If it's a weapon, it's a different story. But, you know, but uh, yeah, otherwise I would hit the gut, maybe, but I also try to stay away from that. A low kick. That's my plan for now. If I ever get a fight again on the street, I give him a low kick. Because if a person doesn't know what a low kick is... Oh, oh God, yeah. Especially from you. <laughs> it is so funny. And it doesn't leave a mark. It leaves a mark, but you can't see it. Yeah. No one's going to no one's gonna pull their trousers down and be like, look at what happened to me when I got into a fight. <laughs> How funny would that be? Yeah, man. People, awesome. people. All right. Well... I've loved this. Thank. I, I, I'm still, uh, still can't quite believe we've spoken to you. To be honest, Bas, this is I a, can't this either. Is a, I'm, a I'm gonna, one for me. I'm gonna go to go to bed tonight thinking that I was drunk today. No, yeah, I, yeah. I imagined <laughs> all of this. Did we imagine this? Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we imagined it. <laughs> we really appreciate you you taking the time to come on. Yeah, you're very um, welcome. It's been an absolute yeah, honor and a, a privilege pleasure. talking to you, Baz. Thank you very, very much for your time. 
And, uh, it's like 10.30 with you guys now, right? It is, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, good luck with ev- absolutely everything with Karate Combat. We're looking forward to season four. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm Fantastic. really looking forward to seeing where it goes. Thank you for all the advice and the wise words and um, speak to you again one day. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. That's mad. That's absolutely mad. That's crazy. That's insane. I can't believe that just happened. No, I can't, to be honest with you. We just talked to Baz Rootman, everyone. Yeah, that's crazy. What a nice guy as well. What a lovely guy. I tell you what, there was some, not some, all of it, but some amazing life advice in there. Oh, there was. Yes, there was. So much. I, um, I, there's so much, but I'm going to start at the start at the last bit with the um, examination of conscience at the end. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just um, facing up to what you did that day. Yeah. Pretty awesome. What a legend. Yeah. Right. I'm actually going to go to bed, Sue, because I have to be up at half past four. So I'm going to go to sleep. Um, go to um, sleep and have a really good night's sleep and dream of Baz Rutten. I will, in a non-weird way. Secreting you in your sleep. Yeah, that was awesome. Mad. <laughs> <laughs>